some sciencey race and genetics talk, followed by a story about my local grocery store checkout lady. And I said to her, I stole your pen a few weeks ago, and I'm sorry about that. And she's like, yeah. And I said, you notice when people steal stuff from you. And she said, yeah. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. All right, this will be uh, part two of Race and Genetics, based on the latest Cut the Bull episode. And if you missed the last one, you might go listen to it, or just let this one wash over you, and you'll wonder about things that I explained earlier, but who cares? But so Charles, he's like, and when he hears that, you know, you can test for um, Native American DNA, he says that all the black guys in the hood think that they have a little uh, Native American DNA going on. And so he's like, man, you could you, you can make a lot of money selling that to uh, black guys in the hood, which is interesting. I mean, if you're like Snow White, um, you're probably not going to think that you got Native American DNA, but if you're... Whatever. If you're dark skin, if you're brown, if you're brown or black or whatever, and an American, uh, I mean, you know, how would you? You can't even rule it out. I think without a DNA test, so that's interesting. And so, you know, this podcast is four guys, uh, two African Americans, well, the two anti woke African Americans, an Indian geneticist from India, style Indian, and I think another African American or something, and his name is Tade. First name, last name, so I I uh, and I don't know if this is a debate or something, but I think he's here to you know he's here to provide a different perspective. So this is interesting. Uh, I'll tell you some of the stuff he says. So the first thing he says is that he goes, I don't believe there's a human philo- phi- I don't believe there's a human philology because there's not. Yeah, so let me explain, you know, what is race? Um, I'm not sure what philology means, but I think it means, um, well, basically what he's saying is that race isn't a real thing. Sometimes people will say it's a human construct. Like, if you go to Wikipedia pages, 10 years ago, before uh, they got woke, um, they didn't say race is a human construct. But now you look up some sort of article about race on Wikipedia, like, you know, in the first paragraph, they can be like, oh, remember, race is a human construct. I mean, what does that mean? That means that humans made it up. It's complete, you know, when, when someone says race is a human construct, they mean that humans made it, up, made it up and it has absolutely zero basis in science and it's horseshit and you're a fucking racist. And so there's a different word that you can use now. I mean, you still get called a racist, but there's a different word for race now and it's called population group. I mean, there's a few, there's a few terms. I'm just going to use population group, but, um, you know, they got ones that are like, oh, you know, ancestry, geographic location, stuff like that. They throw around some words. It's basically like, where did your ancestors come from? Like, if your ancestors came from Sweden, you might be a Swede, for instance. And so population groups, you can break it down into... I don't know, I don't think there's a maximum. I think you, you, you can break down population groups into like... You can, you can break the world, human beings. You can break human beings down into maybe 100 groups if you want. And if you break it down into 100 groups, you know, now it's like Swedes are different from English and, you know, Zulus are different from the Khoisan Bushmen and the Inuit in the north are different from the Cherokee in North America. And so basically you can break it down into however many number of population groups you want. You know, you could, um, let's put it this way, 
you can you can give a bunch of DNA tests to a computer and say, hey computer, you know, you know, run a statistical analysis and give me a hundred population groups. And then they'll be like, oh, Swedes are not the same as Finns. Or you can say, hey computer, give me four population groups. And they'll be like, okay, Swedes are the same as Finns. And I think if you do, I think it's four. I think four gives you the classic um, thing called race. I think if you do four, it gives you um, like blacks, whites, Asians, and Amerindians, whatever you want to call people in the uh, North and South America back in the day. And it's kind of interesting because I think uh, I think it takes like Middle Eastern people and puts them in the white category. And it takes some of the people from like India and Bangladesh and whatnot and puts them in the Asian category. So anyways, that's how people say race is not real. It's just a purely made up horseshit by humans. Is they're like, look, look, it puts Arabs in with the whites. That's not race. You know, race is just pure lily white. And the answer is that, like, oh, well, if you don't like Arabs being put in with the whites, then let's do, you know, eight groups. And now you got Africans, whites, Arabs, you know, a couple kinds of Indians, you know, East Asians, um, Amerindians, whatever. I'm not describing this well. But there is definitely a thing, there's a genetic grouping based on where your ancestors come from that has been done by computers who are, you know, the computers are not racist, they just do a statistical analysis, and they will give you something exactly like what people used to call race. So then it's like, is race a real thing? The answer is race is a real thing, um, but it's very useful to say that it's not. And then if you bring up population groups, they're like, don't be bringing up population groups because now, you know, now the science, now the D genetic science, the DNA science is on the side of the person saying that population groups um, are real and people don't like it. People do not like it. All right, moving on. So Tade has an interesting story. I guess he also does genetic research. And so he was doing um, research in some place in Pennsylvania and it sounds like black people lived on one side of the tracks and then white people lived on the other side of the tracks in some town, like literally train tracks, one side or the other. And so they tested people on each side and they found one person on one side and another person on the other side. Uh, they had a, their great grandparents were brothers and sisters. So they were, you know, related. But one, you know, one one person was on one side of the tracks and they were black and the other person was on the other side of the tracks and they were white. I mean, so that's interesting. He doesn't say if the great grandparent or the grandparent was um, white or black, but anyways, uh, must have been black. Must have been black. So, you know, just because you're black doesn't mean that your kids are always going to be black, which is interesting. And so each uh, family on each side of the tracks had a story that basically wasn't true, but the black family they had a story about how they were native american and the white family had a story about how an italian sailor i don't know he says it washed up washed up on the shore i mean i don't know you know obviously a false if that if that's what their story was that ain't true but you know a shipwreck a shipwrecked white man washed up on the shore of pennsylvania but i guess what you can say about it is that you know families may create little stories to explain stuff little genetic stories to explain stuff which is interesting I'm trying to think of my own stories i mean my family i don't know it's, it, it doesn't go back far enough um like you know I, I, part of my family came, comes from poland but like my mom remembers going to 
the farm of her grandparents who were like, you know, off the boat, fresh off the boat from Poland, you know, spoke Polish and raised animals or something in Michigan, I think. So I guess whatever. That story, I, I bet if you test my DNA, you'll find out that story is true. I guess I don't I don't think I have any stories uh, in my family that would be proved wrong by DNA. That's too bad. I mean, like I said, I might be one two hundredth Jewish, but you know, there's no story. It's like, oh, there's no Jewish DNA. Um, it's more like uh, your ancestors came from Poland. You know, which that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't rule out Jewish stuff at all. And I guess one of my grandmas side uh like I don't, you know, I don't think they didn't come over on the mayflower or something but they were old school you know maybe even 13 colonies type of white people the old school blue bloods i think we call them and i think the only reason why we have stories about that is that there's been a lot of paperwork and, and expensive expensive silver silver stuff passed down over the generations so basically know that's true I think my dad, you know, he paid, he, he signed up for Ancestry.com. You get like a 30-day free trial. And I think he signed up for 30 days and then canceled it. But uh, basically confirmed everything about that one small part of the uh, family tree was relatively rich people uh, back in the day. I mean, I should have massive white privilege left, left over from that, but uh, I ain't got none. I think I actually have more white privilege even though that's not a real thing, from the Polish side of my family that came over later. All right, I've already headed off into a random direction, but okay, let's go back to this Italian sailor thing, and I'll throw in a clip. Yeah, it's funny, because they had, I think, a great-grandparent in common, right? So we're doing a longitudinal study, like, 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 wait, these people are related. But one family was white and one family was black. And what we figured out was that, like, it's the, I think it's great-great, it was their great-great, uh, grandparents, so their great-grandparents were brother and sister. And one of them, you know, became white and the other one became black. But what's interesting is each family had a story, right? So the white family, um, or I think the black family had a Native American great-grandmother, right? And the black, the white family had an Italian sailor that washed up. And it was interesting because, like, you know, I, I, I would assume because the, um, the, uh, the white guy has to get rid of his family. Right, so he has to have a story for why he's in in the country alone, right? Like he doesn't know like his sister, he doesn't know his parents. So he was a Italian sailor that just like washed up, and that was like their great grandfather. It turns out like they're like brother and sister, and they're related. And, you know, you look at the families, you can't tell. And so I think you know a lot of families have like these stories, and I I just find it it sometimes genetics can be a uh, maybe you don't want to find out because you have these romantic stories of this this sailor and this like you know, Indian chief or something. And it turns out, I mean, as it, as you shouldn't be surprised, like in the, like, I, I think it was like somewhere in central, like Pennsylvania, but there's a city and there's just black and white people. Well, there you go. A story so nice. I told it to you twice, but he says another interesting thing. And I, I don't know. He's not a very good explainer, but it sounds like, you know, if a black person se- sends in their DNA to find out their ancestry, um, what they're going to get back is Nigerian. But it's not necessarily because their ancestors come from Nigeria. Like, you know, maybe their ancestors come from Senegal, I think is something he mentions. Basically, a different African country. You know, and those countries don't mean anything. It's, uh, DNA-wise, it's all tribes from hundreds of years ago, not borders made by the British, uh, you know, after World War II. But in any case, I guess the 
you know, how, how do they know? How do they know if you have Nigerian DNA? Well, they went to Nigeria and tested a bunch of Nigerians for their DNA, and then they look at your DNA and they say, oh, well, that's close to those Nigerians. Therefore, your ancestors came from the geographic location of Nigeria. But, uh, you know, I guess whatever. The world is racist. Science is racist. But what they didn't do, they didn't, I guess they, they didn't go test, you know, tons of people from tons of tribes all across Africa. So when they say you're Nigerian, they just mean, the, you know, the closest match to you is Nigerian people. And that's because they haven't got specific enough with all the different DNA in Africa to tell you which exactly spot, you know, it's, it's all, I guess it's, it's almost like a, a fast and hard rule. It's like, uh, you're Nigerian because there ain't no other kind of um, African DNA that we've tested. So that's kind of shitty. I mean, I know that like white people get their DNA broken down, you know, like I say, Swedes versus Finns. Whoa, that's totally different. But I guess, you know, Africans, I mean, you know, they're more, the, the countries are poor. The countries are poor. And so they don't have as many scientists, you know, testing DNA up the wazoo. So you don't get as specific a result. Makes me think of this. There's a YouTube video I talked about before, but there's some African-American woman uh, sends her uh, DNA to be tested. And, and she um, she opens like the envelope that tells her her ancestry on camera it's a reaction video right you, you get you get to see her reaction she doesn't know until she opens the envelope right there you get to watch what she thinks and before she opens it she's talking about how she wants she thinks she thinks she thinks her ancestors came from ghana and i mentioned before but ghana is kind of a whatever it's the best it's, it's maybe the best african country or you know sub you know black african country or else it's People think it is. People think it's the best one. So, like, you're like, yeah, I came from the best one. You know, I'm a... My ancestors were African kings and queens from Ghana. Would be, you know, a pretty cool result. And so there's different... You know, I think when you... I think you get your DNA tested, they give you a big piece of paper. It's got all sorts of uh, information on it. It's not just, like, one thing. Like, oh, you're black or something. You're white. So one thing, one thing they can tell you about is your matrilineal or your patrilineal DNA. So like matrilineal is go back, um, you know, your mom and then your grandma and then your great grandma. Like follow the DNA back on just all the all the females. Or patrilineal is go back and follow your dad to your grandpa to his dad. I, that's I guess that's the point. Like your dad to his dad to that person's dad to that person's dad. Anyways, and you got matrilineal and patrilineal. And so, in any case, this lady her her matrilineal DNA was European. The mom of her mom of her mom of her mom 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 all the way back was a white woman. Anyways, and the video is just kind of famous cuz she just breaks down and cries and is just so distraught. Basically, she hates white people. She hates white people. She did not want to get that result. It's a good video, though. I think it's one of those ones where the lady took it down, but you can find people who still talk about the video. It's a hard video to find. So I guess one takeaway is that if you're descended from slaves in America and you want to know your DNA ancestry, um, it causes problems. You know, it's like... Whatever. Once again, it's hard to be descended from slavery. Slavery was not a good thing, we all know. And as far as, you know, your DNA being real pinpoint specific, telling you exactly what you want to know, 
uh, it tells former it tells people descended from slaves less than it tells other people. I mean, you know, life is not fair again. And then Charles asks just everyone. He's like, well, you know, what does it even matter? Why why do you want to know your genealogy? And the guy who says that race doesn't exist, he's like, it it doesn't matter. You shouldn't even want to know. It's not important. But then they go into people who find it important, you know. I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't want to know, but, you know, you do want to know. Who wants to know? Here's the question. Who wants to know? And it's just interesting. Apparently, like, older people are more interested in it. Like, the, the guy who's like, says you shouldn't even want to know, he's like, my grandma is super into it. And if you go to, like, genealogy conferences or talk to the companies, whatever, um... It's old person oriented. Old people are more interested in it. So that's interesting. And then he gives an example like, you know, why might it be important to find out your DNA? He's talking about in Poland, which is where I'm from, um, you might find out you're a crypto Jew. Like, your ancestors may have been Nazis, like real honest to God Nazis, not this horse shit that they call people today. And then you go through your DNA and you find out that uh, you were Jewish all along. And then you convert to being a Jew. And then uh, the Razid Khan guy is talking about sometimes learning your DNA, genetic ancestry stuff, it may not be helpful. I mean, this is a black show, so everything is, you know, African-American centric. But anyways, he's like, uh, you know, if your grandma told you that you're descended from a great African warrior and you find out you ain't, uh, it may not be a pleasant experience. And my initial thought to hearing that concept is that you know i don't whatever no one ever told me i'm descended from any great warriors or anything like that uh you know who cares that's stupid but whatever you know but then i thought about like one of my grandpas was an engineer and my other grandpa was a ceo like they were both way way more successful than i am but in any case i don't need to hear a made-up story about 10 generations ago i can just I can just look at my grandpa's. So, you know, is that white privilege? Um, all right, I want to tell a little story about white privilege. So my life kind of changed when COVID happened because my roommate is an old woman. And I would not want to bring COVID home and kill her ass. And old ladies, they get freaked out easy. And so when COVID hit, she was like, she didn't want to go to town very much. And I was like, you know what? I'll just do the grocery shopping. Just, you know, if you want something, put it on a list. I'll buy it for you. And then I don't know if this is, I don't think this is because I was afraid of COVID or, well, actually, I can tell you why. I shouldn't tell you why. But so at the same time I became shopping for multiple people and multiple lists, um, I, did, I decided to talk to my grocery store. I think he's like the manager. He's not the owner, but he's the manager. I was like, hey, you don't have this kind of beer that I like. Can you get it? And he's like, yes. He's like, how much of that beer do you want? And I was like, well, I'm not going to give you the numbers because they're ridiculous. But I'm like, just give me a ton of that beer. And so that's my situation buying beers. That I go to the grocery store. Um, they have a special area in the back, not on the main floor. And it's just they have the beer waiting for me stacked up. I'm like I don't you know I don't have to go in this week or that week you know I don't have to go in any time I don't want to it just sits there waiting for me and then magically whenever I take that beer away they replace it the guy James who's never going to listen to this James thank you James he uh he's like the you know the one step below the uh, owner and every time that every time I go there and take away my stack of beer 
he just replaces it. But I don't have. But but otherwise, it just it just sits there as long as necessary until I feel like going and buying it. And so I, you know, I, I'm rural. My driveway takes five minutes to get out of. You know, it takes five minutes to get in my car to even get to the road. And then I'm like 10, 10 miles from town. Anyways, I don't like driving. And so previous to COVID, I used to go to town once a week. You know, I'd buy some beer, I'd buy all the groceries, done. But after this happened, it was like there was an unlimited supply of beer just waiting for me and I didn't have to pick it up if I didn't want. And then when that happened, I was like, you know what, I don't want to go to town too often. And, you know, back then you thought you might be able to get um, COVID from the grocery store. Like we would all be dead if you could get COVID from going to the grocery store. It turns out you can't. But initially it was it was uncertain. So I started going every other week. And like when, when it's good weather, like right now it's the summer, uh, there's garage sales. And garage sales happen um, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And basically you want to get there right when the garage sale opens. The first day, the first hour, that's when all the good stuff happens. You know, it's like, oh, you're giving away $1,000 gold coins for 100 bucks. Well, let me tell you, the first five minutes, those things are gone. So you want to hit the garage sales early and hit them hard, and then don't worry about it after that. So that's what I do. Friday mornings, I go hit whatever garage sales are around, and then I can pick up all the food and all the beer. And so I do the grocery shopping once every two weeks. So it's, you know, it's a big list. I mean, even multiple lists. It gets complicated. And so how I do it is I have a clipboard. I put the list on the clipboard, and I bring myself a Sharpie, and I just mark off each thing as I go. And I break it down into four groups. What are they? Let's see, I got uh, dairy, meat, vegetables, and other. And I go around the store and I get each thing and I mark it off. And then when, I, when, I, you know, when the last thing on that list is marked off and there's nothing left, I get the fuck out of there. But so that whole story is just, just to get to this little thing about white privilege. So the other day I went in there and I had my list but I forgot my Sharpie. I couldn't mark things off. So I went to uh, the checkout lady, one of the checkout ladies, and I was like, can I borrow your pen? And it wasn't as good as a Sharpie. It was a ballpoint pen. But anyways, I got that pen and I, I did my shopping. But when I got back to the checkout thing, her line was full. So I went into someone else's line. And then I forgot to give the pen back. And then I don't know why it was tearing me up. Just, I think, you know, every day, every day, after that, till the situation resolved, I would think about that pen that I took from this poor lady. I guess we'll finish the story of the pen. So I went in on the normal Friday, but she wasn't there. And there was like a, a different lady who's worked there a long time, plus some young woman who had like, I don't know, it was her first day or whatever. She's being trained. And so the, the long-term lady was teaching the new lady and I don't know. I was trying to. T I was trying to tell them, hey, I stole this pen from one of your coworkers, but they didn't want to hear it because they were too involved with their training stuff. But I'm kind of. I'm kind of holding the pen out, saying I stole this pen, and it just so happened that like the the new worker, she needed a pen and she didn't have one, and so the long term worker who hadn't been listening to me but kind of kind of you know kind of saw me out of the corner of her eye or whatever wasn't paying attention. She just grabbed that pen from me because I was trying to give it to him and she gave it to the new worker. And again, they were not listening to me. They just keep talking about what they're, anyway, I, you know, I, I was trying to tell them, you need to give that to the other lady. I don't know. And I think, I think actually they did eventually give it to the other lady. And so 
So basically I stole that pen. I mean, if you steal something from someone and you give it back, does it mean you didn't steal it? I don't think so. If you steal it initially, if you say, I'm going to give something back, can I borrow that? And you don't give it back. That's a little bit of theft. I mean, it's theft, but it's obviously better if you give it back. There's something called Indian giving that was kind of like that. Or I think the opposite. That's racist. But the point of this story is to get to white privilege. And so this lady who I stole the pen from, I mean, she's probably, she's like a 60-year-old white woman. She's not attractive. She, you know, doesn't look like, I mean, I have no idea. She may go home to the most wonderful life. You know, maybe she raises horses and rides them across the valley, you know, at 30 miles an hour every night. But she doesn't look like, she, she looks like a lady that goes and goes home to her trailer park. And I just, I don't know, I was just, I looked at her and I was leaving the store thinking about how I stole her pen, but I eventually gave it, I think she eventually got her pen back. I asked her, does the, does the store give you free pens? And thank God the answer is yes, the store does provide those. Like she didn't have to pay for that pen. It made me wonder because the new worker didn't have a pen. And, I, and they were like so happy to have the other lady's pen. Anyways, I just walked out of that store and it kind of made me mad. The idea of white privilege... Uh, it made me angry because I was just looking at this, I don't know, in, you know, in my mind, I don't know, she's probably doing wonderful, who knows, maybe her grandkids are going to Harvard, but in my mind, I was just, you know, there's just this poor trailer trash lady who runs the checkout at the local grocery store, and the idea that, like, she has white privilege when people are stealing her pens, uh, it just, it, it burned my britches. I mean, like I've said before, white privilege is, it's not a real thing. It was a real thing in the old days, you know, like, oh, you can't be a slave. But nowadays it's not a real thing. But this lady, you know, she's not rich. She's not good looking. She's probably not super intelligent. She's not educated. Like, you know, these are, these are the real privileges. Are you rich? Well, that's a privilege. White privilege is not real. Are you rich? That's a privilege. Are your parents rich? I mean, I bet this lady, you know, you, you could just go down the list and be like, she doesn't have a single one of these privileges. And just for someone to say that she doesn't deserve, you know, like she lives in her trailer park. And it's like, you don't deserve that trailer park, you fucking white person. You know, if a person of color lives in a trailer park, then they've had to scrape hard their entire lives and they deserve every bit of their little trailer. But you, you, you know, you, you've been a part of a system of racism and you don't deserve that trailer at all. Anyways, it just burns my britches because, you know, that's what white privilege means. White privilege means whatever you have, you don't deserve it. You got it because you were white. All right, maybe I'll, uh, I'll probably continue. I guess the number three is coming. This is five minutes. I've been, I've talking for <laughs> five minutes of listening to this podcast. This made me talk for 20 to 25 minutes. So anyways, uh, Twitter handle at anti-woke podcast. And thanks for listening.